Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of DirectionsUniversity.com, the co-founder of TheLeveragists.com, and Divisio, D-U-V-I-S-I-O.com, the all-new affiliate network for people doing good. Today, we have part two of an episode that we started last And in this episode, you're going to hear more from Barry Nicholson on the levels of awareness. Today, Barry's going to help take this topic to a deeper level and show you how to use those levels to build instant rapport with your clients, whether through conversations or copy. This is truly a must for any entrepreneur who wants to work with your ideal customer and have them clamoring for more from you. So here we go with Barry Nicholson on Law of Attraction, Part 2. Well, welcome, everyone, to another episode of Relationship, I'm sorry, (laughs) of Breakthrough Directions here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of Directions University at DirectionsU.com, calling to you live this week. From Bonita Springs, Florida, as I do each week on Tuesdays at noon Eastern. We have got a great show lined up for you guys today. We have my co-host, Linda Feinholz, the founder of the Breakthrough Academy at BreakthroughByDesign.com, calling into you live this week from Los Angeles, California. Hello, Linda. Hello, Dina. I am sitting here with a very big fat pad of paper and a pen. I've been waiting for weeks for this uh, show we're having today. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm sitting here the same way. (laughs) I was going to do all my notes and typing, and then I thought that's just what we need is to hear the clackety clack, clack, clack of me taking thousands of uh, words of notes as we uh, have our conversation with our guest today. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, the last time our guest was on this show, it literally changed my world. Didn't it change yours too? It absolutely did. In fact, I I sent him a a long thank you note and told him of some of the changes, including not only in the language that I'm using as I think about how I'm crafting my messages in my business setting, but how it's having the ripple effects in so many other areas of my life, too. So I can't wait to dive in deep with Barry Nicholson today. (laughs) Same here. Oh, so Gina... How have you been using what we learned from Barry Nicholson all about levels of awareness and uh, his other content since we left? Oh, my goodness. Before hearing about levels of awareness from Barry, I never have language for what it is the system I teach does. And so it has given me this newfound clarity to express that the system that I teach in every single thing I do, whether it's my 30-day challenge, the DU Bachelor's Program, Passion to Profits, the New Vortex University, doesn't matter what it is, 
But that system, by design, is meant to reach people at lower levels of awareness who really don't even necessarily know they have a problem or at most know they have a problem but don't know what solutions exist to help them both really start ascending through the levels of awareness and eventually getting to the most aware levels where for an entrepreneur and a business owner, they can then really become raving evangelists for the brand. And that's really what I've taught for, I don't know, eight years, nine years now, just didn't have the languaging of it before this. I love it. The way you said it was so absolutely right on. And what I'm finding in my consulting with my clients in the Breakthrough Academy programs and so on is that I'm changing my own communications inside the work I'm doing. So absolutely. That Same I'm literally recrafting how I'm communicating to double check where the people I'm in conversation with are in their levels of awareness to make sure that what I'm sharing is matching their level of awareness and stepping them up one stage rather than what I would have done years ago, which is said, here's the solution, I know how to solve that. When my being able to envision the solution for them is is out of pace with their current level of awareness and understanding. Yeah, and it makes it so much easier for them to get the message we have for them, doesn't it? Oh, it's such a difference. So, welcome aboard, Barry. <laughs> hey, guys. Can you hear me? Hey, Barry, we can. We can. Welcome All back right. to your raving fans. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I was just, uh, I'm enthralled as I'm, I'm listening to all this stuff. I'm like, wow, I've that really spurred that in your mind. <laughs> you really did. I have read Great Leads now three separate times. Wow. And I'm okay. not only going through it myself and rethinking all of my use of language, both whether it's in copy or it's within the context of meetings and so on, I'm giving it to every one of my clients and my students as a required reading assignment. Wow. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's exciting to hear. Well, well, I'm looking forward to diving in. I, I felt like uh, in our last call, we, I, I mean, there's so much you can cover on this, but what I really wanted to do today was to try to just sort of put some, some um, oh, what's the word, put, try to put legs on some of the concepts. Because um, I'm, I'm, I like con- conceptual stuff, but you know, in our day-to-day world, you know, we we like to do things too. We like to put things down. I, as a copywriter, I like to, you know, okay, come into a situation with a copywriting assignment of some sort, and ch- okay, how does this apply? And so, I, hopefully, I'm I'm, I'm going to go through today, and I'm going to go through just each level of awareness. And you know, a thing that I hope that when, when folks hear me today, they're going to latch on to and realize that these concepts are things that they see. Really, every day, probably yep. on, on the web, or um, you know, in good advertising and good marketing, and not so great marketing sometimes, um, you know, as far and, and just be able to say, oh, okay, that's uh, you know, that fits into this level of awareness, and, and to be able to recognize it, but even more importantly, how to apply it to your product, your service, um, at all different levels of marketing. Um, so, with that said, now. <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm aware that there's probably some folks that are listening to this that, you know, I don't want to do a ton of recap, frankly, because we don't have a lot of time. I'd encourage you to, if um, you know, to go back and listen to the, to the recording of, of our previous interview. 
um, to kind of be brought up to, to, uh, to snuff on, on where we're at with this levels of awareness stuff. But I'm going to do some, some brief recap, but I really want to dive into the sort of the, the nuts and bolts of how to do this stuff. I love it. And, oh, I can't wait. And, and for folks who have not yet gone back, I know they're going to go back and listen to that entire um, discussion that we had before. And just for reference for right now, so much of what we're talking about today is what was gifted to us by the book, Great Leads, The Six Easiest Ways to Start Any Sales Message by Michael Masterson and John Ford. And it's available on Kindle. It's available as a hardcover. And that was our leaping off point in the last conversation. And so we're going to pick it up and go even deeper in today's conversation, Barry. So absolutely on board. Okay. And just to give you a little bit of background on the book and why it's such a big deal, I, I have, you know, I've been writing copy professionally now for about seven or eight years. And um, I could say without that much hesitation at all that this probably has had, this book has had a more profound effect on how I approach copy from the very beginning how I think just on, on just the general my general procedures probably more than any any book I've ever read and, and the fact that it's available for I think seven or eight bucks on Kindle is just it's insane to me um, so there's no excuse not to get it and I think I paid forty dollars for my hard copy and it's it's wonderful so so let, let's go back and just I'm going to go and just kind of hit where this where this came from um, Gene Swartz. Uh, wrote a book called Breakthrough Advertising um, many years ago. It's, it's often referenced by copywriting gurus as being, um, you know, it's one of the most influential books. And what Schwartz did in that um, in that book is he hit on the levels of awareness that your prospects are, and he broke them down to, I believe it's uh, six levels of awareness, no, I'm sorry, five, um, that people can fall into. And what... Um, you know, and it's just it's pretty it's pretty mind blowing when you really think about it. And then what what Michael Masterson did in the book Great Leads is he he explored those concepts, but really put the nuts and bolts on. Okay, so what does this mean from a copywriting standpoint? And so what we did in the first show is we kind of went over the, the conceptual stuff, and now I'm going to go over what what you know on how to put this. You're putting pen to paper, if you will. And um, so let's let's just do a brief overview of, of levels of awareness. So I'm going to start at the, the first, which would be a person who is most aware. And a person who is most aware in the levels of awareness is that a person that they, they know the product and really only needs to know what the deal is. I used an example in the, in the previous show of, you know, I knew that whenever I wanted to buy a new phone, I already knew that I wanted an iPhone because I had one already. I'm an Apple customer. There wasn't really any, anything in my mind of where I was going to. It was really just actually it was where I was going to go get the phone. I knew my contract was coming up, and, and I knew I wanted the new iPhone 5, and so it was a matter of just where was I going to go to purchase it. Um, you know, and so really one of the easiest people, you know, as we all know, the easiest people to sell are typically people who have purchased from you before. If you've been doing a good job and, you know, you have new products, new services, new improved versions of something else you might have sold them for in the case of an iPhone, you know, if they're pretty easy to sell, and a lot of times they just want to know what the particular deal is. Now we're going to. I'm going to just hit the levels of awareness, and we're going to come back and put some. You know, I'm going to show you how to use that in your copywriting. Um, okay, with well, a product aware is when a person knows what you sell, but isn't sure if it's right for him. And what I used as an example was um, that I had purchased a laptop, 
and or I was in the market for a laptop, I should say. And I knew that I wanted a laptop. Well, there's lots of different kinds of laptops out there. I pretty much determined, okay, I, I needed a Windows laptop. I really wanted a Mac, but I didn't want to spend the money on it. So I thought, I'm, I'm looking to spend around four or $500, and there's lots of different brands out there. And I had to figure out what was important to me in a laptop, and I was looking, and then I was comparing. So I, I, and I'm look, if I was looking at different manufacturers, I knew that they sold laptops, but I was looking for that one unique selling proposition, being the key phrase that we're going to come back to here in a minute, of the thing that I was looking for as a consumer to make that purchasing decision. Now, a solution aware, this is the third level of awareness, and I know the results that I'm looking for, but I don't know that your product necessarily provides the result that I'm looking for, and you have to prove that to me. Well, all I'm really looking for is the outcome that I have in mind. And the example that I used was that maybe I need to lose some weight. Well, there's lots of different ways to lose weight. Some of them good, some of them bad, some of them trendy diets, some tried and true, some are fast, quick fixes, some are you know exercise-based, some are food-based, pills, what have you. I'm just looking for the one that suits me for whatever's most important to me. And I'm not biased to any particular solution. You have to prove, you know, based on the emotions and where I'm at as a consumer, how your product applies to my situation. Now, the fourth level of awareness, and this is where you start getting into, this is, these are much tougher nuts to crack, these number, these number four and number five, but this is where you start expanding as a marketer into the, the largest of markets. These are people, like in the, in the case of number four, the problem-aware person is a person that senses that I have a problem, but I just don't, I don't even know that there is a solution to my problem, but, you know, I just know that I have a problem. And so, in that case, there's, there's lots of people out there, like I'll use an example um, later in, in the call about people who are in large amounts of debt. Obviously, in this country, we have a debt problem. There's a lot, a lot of people that fit that profile. But then a lot of those folks don't know that there's a solution to their particular situation. They just know that they have a problem, something that probably keeps them up at night, it's very disturbing to them, and they kind of feel the sense of, of, of hopelessness. Um, and they just feel worried, worried. They know that there's solutions out there, sort of, but they don't feel like they're good. They feel like they're just sort of trapped. Now, the most, uh, the toughest nut to crack, but the largest markets, and actually two of the best-selling uh, mar- uh, sales promotions of all time, were in this last category, and that's for people who are completely unaware that that there's a problem, that there's an opportunity, that there's any sort of that you're just it's it's like a um, a very large vast ocean of prospects that if you can tap into it. Um, you know, maybe an example of that would be um, the iPad. When the iPad, you know, they, they say that Steve Jobs had this incredible ability to sell us things that we didn't even know that we needed, but then all of a sudden can't do without. And, you know, so he tapped into the, the tablet. Now there were tablets before that, so it may not be a perfect example, but, you know, with their excellent marketing, they were able to tap into something that, where he had this concept and he just sold people on the idea of the concept, and all of a sudden, you just had to have one. Now, okay, so that's the completely unaware market that you know, when you can tap into it, you, it makes billionaires. 
Okay, so now uh, let's go back to how you actually deal with these folks in your marketing at the level of awareness. Well, let's go back to the very the very first one where I said a prospect who is most aware. Now, in the, in, in the example of, of a product prospect being most aware, they actually sort of fall into two categories. Now, the category that I used the most was people who have already purchased something from you, that already know that they need it, that, and they're most likely looking for a deal. Now, there's another category, which is um, if you have a product that's just easy to explain. There really doesn't need you, – you, there's not a lot of – selling that has to happen, not a lot of explanation that goes on. A lot of times that just focuses around the deal. So, um, and they, these prospects already know something about you. They know what you're selling. They kind of know the market value of what it is that you're offering for sale. Um, you know, so I'm going to give you some examples. Now, I, I probably should define the term lead because I don't want to um, make the assumption that people th that are on the line understand really what a lead is. Uh, and there's even some, some uh, some discrepancies out there as, as to definitions. A lead is not, you know, I'm going to talk a lot about headlines here, but a lead is, is more than a headline. A lead includes the headline of a sales piece. And now, and also I want to clarify too, that if you're listening to this and you're thinking in terms of, well, you know, I'm not really a copywriter, I don't write sales letters, I certainly don't do any direct mail, I'm, you know, uh, this, basically, if you use words, to sell anything in any fashion, if it's video, if it's a, a blog post, if it's whatever it is, obviously, if it's a, the, your 15-second elevator pitch, if, it's, if you do um, trade shows, if you're a salesperson that has to basically stop somebody in their tracks, and, you know, whatever the case may be, this is information that you can use. So please open your mind and think, you know, I'm not a copywriter or, you know, because I'm going to use a lot of direct mail examples. Uh, I'm going to use a lot of proven direct mail examples, so please extrapolate from this what you can. You know, I, I write a lot of copy for a lot of different types of, of marketing media, right? You know, probably with every copy job that I do right now, I'm writing a video script of some sort, but I still do tons of direct mail as well. So this, this applies for, it basically, if it uses words to sell, this applies. Okay, so if a person is most aware, you know, <clears throat> the offer is key. So with, uh, what you want to do is you want to immediately focus on the most emotionally compelling benefit of the offer. So here's an example. Guaranteed to improve your child's school performance or you pay nothing. So that, that's, that's a classic, a little twisted headline uh, on one that worked very well. It's an old, old direct mail promotion. Now, what's the offer? You might say, well, there's no real offer there. Well, sure there is. It is guaranteed or you pay nothing. So it's really focusing on that. That is a form of an offer. It's not, you know, a, a traditionally real strong offer, but it's implying, you know, what, what we're going to do is we're, gonna, we're focusing on the most emotionally compelling benefit, of course, which is improving their child's school performance, which has all sorts of emotional ramifications to it. And we're telling them that, that the offer is guaranteed to give you that or you don't pay anything at all. Again, these are not complex. There's not, you know, this isn't some mind-blowing kind of stuff. You see this type of stuff all the time. I just want to point out why it works or why it doesn't work. Here's another example. Now, this is an example of a, of a killer offer that I'm sure most of you, at least in our age brackets, are, will recognize. 
11 new CDs for only a penny. You guys recognize that one? I sure do. I've got I had a period of my life where I had stacks of them <laughs> all over. Exactly. Absolutely. There was a company called Columbia House that basically made a, a, a empire off that. Now I'm not saying, you know, there there's a few people that are were a little uh <laughs> irritated with that C D of the month club. They you know, they were really good at you know, I don't know, I shouldn't I shouldn't say anything negative. But, you know, there are people that have stacks of CDs that uh, you know, didn't really care for that after a while. But Obviously, that was an offer that was just, it sounded amazing. It worked. It worked for years and years. Even, you know, of course, that's the old record of the month thing. And, of course, some CDs came along, you know, and finally, you know, got played out as music itself changed. But now the other key thing here to, to, to think about this particular lead is that this isn't necessarily, you know, because that was a cold List, you know those, you know those. I'm sure that those mail pieces mailed out to pretty much because because how many people in this world love music? I mean, probably the majority of people in this world love music and buy CDs. Now, I'm sure they had you know maybe little tighter lists than that that they could mail to, but the key was um, that this was a product that really didn't need any didn't need any explanation. You know, maybe as, as you read in the letter, but as far as the lead goes. As far as what the offer is, what's the pitch, and why this is a is a, a a lead that works in the most aware category, it's because you don't have to explain what CDs are. Now, people might look for clarification. Well, does that include rock CDs? Does that include country? Well, I guess it does. You know, and, and it goes on to explain that in the actual sales letter. But it's not something that you really have to explain. So, if you have a simple product that is kind of, for lack of a better word, a commodity. Um, and people are, are uh, you know, they know what you're selling, they know the market value of it, and you're showing them that, wow, okay, the market value of a CD, last time I checked, I mean, it's been years since I bought one, um, but, you know, they're around 12 or 13 bucks. I can do the math real quick in my head and say, that's a good deal. So then it intrigues me to look even further. So now here's some other examples. Free for a month, a full head of hair, and only 32 seconds a day. Now, that's a mouthful. Now, the free for a month is the offer. That's the thing that gets, you know, obviously free is one of the most powerful words that you can use in any form of advertising. But the real emotional benefit there that I can certainly relate to is a full head of hair. And then the thing that, that's unbelievable about it is in only 32 seconds a day. Well, if I sit and think about it, I'm figuring, okay, 32 seconds, it's probably some sort of shampoo. But I'm going to I'm going to investigate even further, and and the, you told me what the offer is right out of the gate that it's free for a month, and now you've got me hooked. So we're now and now I've talked a lot about headlines. So but but it goes beyond the headline. Once you've got them to read the headline, of course the job of the headline is to get them to read the first sentence. Job of the first sentence is to get them to read the second one, and so and so on, so on and so forth. So what do you do for the rest of the, you know, the first leading paragraphs? In other words, that's what the lead is. Well, the, what you're doing is you're just you're going to elaborate on that deal. You're going to tell them the benefits in the lead that follows. You don't have to, you know, in the case of the Columbia House, you don't have to explain what a CD is. You don't have to tell them, you know, oh, music is, is great. If you've never heard music before, you got to give it a try. You know, you're just telling them what the deal is, and then you're going to have to address their objections you know, why is, and, and, and that is, leads me to the last point with this is that 
is that at some point you need to include a compelling reason why you're offering the deal. And this is where a lot of these types of offers fall flat. It's because people certainly realize that if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. The key thing, obviously, with the Columbia House promotion was is that people wanted to know, okay, once you explained it to them, you're giving them a compelling reason why of why are we offering you this? Well, because people aren't people aren't dumb. They realize that once you wrote them in to a a, a monthly type of thing, that you're they're you're, they're going to just keep sending them, and eventually they're going to get paid. Well, in the best case scenario, you're a music lover and you just want to keep re- receiving the music. But the also the thing certainly there you're going to have to address is the objection of yeah, what if I want to cancel? How easy is it for me to cancel? You know, and, and you have to address those objections. But, okay, so that is the most aware scenario. And some examples there. Now let's move on to the product aware scenario. And that's the second level of awareness and how to, how to work this. Well, the key, and again, this is where the prospect knows what you sell, but isn't quite sure if it's right for him or if he should choose something else. And that the key to writing one of these promotions. And let me let me give you an example. Um, here's an example of a headline that would work something like that. So you tune in to what I'm saying. Instant relaxation. Build your memory in four short weeks. So powerful, your family won't believe it. So now, if I want to rel- or I want to build my memory, there's lots of things out there that might help me build my memory. There's memory courses. I don't know. Maybe there, there, I think there's some nutritional supplements out there. Um, you know, and maybe I'm even looking at different courses. Maybe I'm already determined in my mind I'm looking for a memory course. i just trying to figure out which one's for me. Well, in this case, it's promising that it will build my memory in four short weeks. Maybe that's enough of a unique selling proposition you know, maybe you could elaborate in the rest of the paragraph as to why our, that method only takes four weeks, and I have to determine, okay, it might be four weeks, but you have to do five days a week to, to make it work. And I have to determine, well, is that what I'm really looking for? In other words, is your unique selling proposition, the thing that makes you unique compared to all these other solutions out there, is that the thing that fits me as a prospect? So the key to these these things to enable to to be able to write a a, a promise this is called a promise lead. Sorry, I should have clarified that before. With the promise lead, the promise lead, it's absolutely critical that you find your unique selling proposition. Now, if you've been in marketing or copywriting at any time at all, you probably heard about the unique selling proposition. Hopefully, in the first you know, first book that you ever picked up. I mean, it's something, it's sort of marketing 101. But this is how it really plays into your lead um, for this particular level of awareness. Now, one of my favorite definitions of the unique selling proposition came from Dan Kennedy, uh, a man who has a tremendous influence over my, my writing, my, my way of thinking. And I love his, his um, definition of it, which is, why should I, your prospect, choose to do business with you versus any and every other option available to me in your category. And he also often says, including doing nothing. So what is it about, you know, so when you're trying to define what your unique selling proposition is, you have to really pull out the thing 
that makes people say to themselves, this is the reason that I chose to, to give my money for this particular service or this particular product over any other. And you should be able to define that. And if you have a problem defining that, you need to be able to define it and just and get one. Work with a coach or something to figure out what that is because if you don't have a unique selling proposition, it all boils down to price. Then, then you're racing to the bottom. That's now. That's a whole other marketing discussion. I don't, I'm <laughs> tempted to get on a sidetrack there, but um, so with promise. But, but Barry, what you were just talking yeah, about right ahead. there is really important for everybody who's listening to this because so often we develop an expertise and become solution providers. Everything we see. What's what's that phrase? Um, we're we become the hammer and everything looks like a nail. So we're trying to apply our know-how to solving things left, right, and center for anybody and everybody who comes along. And we haven't even bothered to engage with them enough to find out, do they actually want something solved? Mm -hmm. Or are we just on automatic saying, oh, I could see how life could be so much better for you if or when you let me show you how, et cetera. And so it's really important that people understand everything you were just sharing about levels of awareness to slow ourselves down. All of us are out here running around as amazing professionals who create all kinds of solutions for people. How do we slow ourselves down to say, hang on, this human, this person, this individual that I'm trying to connect with, what is their level of awareness? And therefore, how shall I communicate with them. Right. You know, so with unique selling proposition, you know, I just use myself as, as an example. Now, there, there's lots of copywriters out there, and there's lots of good ones. There's lots, you know, people that, you know, I, I don't even want to talk about, you know, people that are better or, or different. It's, but as far as myself, I mean, the thing is I have worked with, I work, tend, tend to work with business-to-business marketing gurus. Um, that's just the world that I come from. I come from sort of that Dan Kennedy world, um, you know, working with people a lot of times that uh, that coach others, that coach others in, in, you know, there's the small business niches, um, you know. So with that in mind, can I write other forms of copy? Well, of course I can. But, you know, if, if you're coming to me and you have a product that, or a service that falls so far outside of, of sort of my you know, my wheelhouse, I'm probably not the copywriter for you. And, you know, so, and, and the good thing is there's, there's lots of other, there's copywriters that specialize in writing for nutritional supplements. There's guys that, that specialize in writing for the financial sector. And, you know, and so we all have our specialties. And so if, when we try, because the other thing, too, is that when somebody need, were to come to me as a copywriter and say, well, you know, I have this product that really falls outside of my wheelhouse. They have a certain expectation as well as what they're ready to pay, ready to pay. and a lot of times it's a lot lower than, than my usual fee, and they look at my, my normal fee and they're like, oh, wow, um, okay, that was probably a lot more than I was ready to pay. Only because, But my, my fee in my wheelhouse and, and the thing that I normally do in, in my particular market is, you know, frankly, pretty standard. You know, and so as long as you, when you stay in your lane, when you, when you, you know, and, and I'm going to, pro, you know, let's be honest, I'm going to do a better job for 
somebody who is that business-to-business marketing guru because I have, you know, years of experience doing that that I can reflect on what's worked for other people, what hasn't worked for other people, where I don't really have that experience in, say, for, you know, maybe the, the financial sector where there are copywriters that specialize in that. So, okay, so let's um, go back to the, the, the product-aware I'm probably going to have to speed up. I want to make sure I get to the last ones because this is some of my favorites. Um, but the again, this is this is where you're making a promise and the lead and the headline. And um, now, one of my favorite examples of this stuff. I know you guys fly, and we've all seen the Sky Mall catalog. And oh if, yeah. If you haven't seen it, if you don't, you know, if you're usually watching the movies on the flight or whatever, from a marketing perspective, please go ahead and pick that up. I mean, these fun, these things are fun to look at. It's that little magazine type of. Uh, it's a catalog that's in the back of your back of the seat. And if you you, can, you know you can go on, I think it's SkyMall.com. And I would encourage you if you go to SkyMall.com, uh, I realized that um, in the top right corner you can actually see the PDF copy of the, the most recent SkyMall catalog. For whatever reason, they don't, I don't, they don't seem to use the same copy on online as they do in the catalog. The catalog copy is much better. And these, these are fantastic examples of using um, the product aware or the, the promise lead. Let me give you some, some great ones. These are, these are headlines, and then, of course, it leads into the copy. Enjoy the greatest books of all time and never have to read a word. <laughs> now that's compelling. Now that's compelling. How could I do that? Well, of course, right next to it is a is a little picture of a, like it's like an old school MP3 player. Now, if I were to if, if if I'm looking at that and there's not that headline next to it, and I look at that and it looks like sort of like a like an old iPod, I'm thinking and it says something to the effect the effect of you know MP3 player play you know songs for hours on end. I would think well, we need that. You know, and that's that's old school, but that's not what it is. It is, it is obviously it's preloaded with you know classic books from Dickens or something, and so the 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 pitch is enjoy the greatest books of all time and never have to read a word. That's compelling, and the tool to get us there is just this thing that's preloaded with books. Here's another one: water your lawn from your favorite web browser anytime, anywhere. Wow, I can I can I could water my lawn. I could be on the other side of the world and I could go online anywhere in the world and I could water my lawn. You know, now that headline, a, a less effective headline for something like that would probably be, you know maybe something to the effect of um, water. Uh, <laughs> I should have wrote this down. Lawn watering app for your iPad. Only fifty nine ninety nine. Uh, you know that doesn't. That just tells me what it is. It doesn't tell me. You know, it doesn't get down to an emotional benefit or some sort of curiosity that 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 the more effective headline did. Here's another one. Enjoy the tastiest fries without the oil. So if I love French fries, and you're telling me that it's going to be these are not, these are going to be the tastiest fries I can have without the oil. And, of course, again, it's, it's a picture. It looks sort of like a fried daddy type of thing. Well, if I love French fries and I'm trying to watch my weight or I don't, you know, protect my heart, I'm probably going to read the rest of that. And these are impulse buy types, types of products. 
But not only are they impulse buys, but what's hilarious as you're reading each one of them is my mind is going off and seeing pictures and I'm off in reverie. And, you know, even if I've never wanted to do this before in the past, it's like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, I can feel my emotional reaction <laughs> to these, to these yeah. headlines. <laughs> and, yeah, it's these, you know, and it's these gizmos a lot of times that, you know, there are these kitchen gadgets. I mean, kitchen gadgets. The kitchen gadget world just never ceases to amaze me. I have, a, I have a wife that's, you know, she's a great cook, and you know, it just you go in there, it's like, really, do I, do I really need a kiwi slicer? You know, <laughs> my God, they make it, they make it easy to slice those kiwi, you know, and, and but you know, so that the, the, that world is full of it, but so, these, but these headlines are so good at getting to the, to the, um, to the benefit. And, you know, so I, they're definitely worthy of study. So, okay, so let's move on to the third level of awareness, which, which is being solution aware. That means they know the, the, your prospect knows the results that he wants, but not necessarily that your particular product provides it. He's only interested in the outcome, and he does have hope. And this is different than another type of lead where they don't have hope. Um, this, you know, I use the weight loss example here. Now, um, now, here's a few keys of writing. Or let, me, let me first give you an example of some of these headlines and you can think about promotions that you've seen that are like this. Um, what, they, what they do is that the, you have to first have to stir the emotions and prove that you feel your prospect's pain with, a, um, with this type of lead. It's called a, it's called a problem-solution lead. And this is one of the most famous headlines the, of all time, do you make these mistakes in English? Now, the thing with do you make these mistakes in English, you know, that may, that may appeal to somebody who, you know, English is not their first language or maybe somebody who, um, you know, didn't score all that well or they, they've been told maybe in an embarrassing setting, you know, maybe they had a, a boyfriend or somebody tell them, you know, you know, look, your, your grammar is not the best sometimes. You know, and that, that gets to a base core emotion of, I feel stupid or I feel um, uncomfortable in certain, certain social settings so I don't talk at all and then people don't think that I'm friendly. And, you know, it leads to all these really basic core emotions. So but that headline caught that emotion right out of the gate. Here's, here's another one. Um, to people who want to write but can't get started. That you know, and that is so many people out there. I mean, I, I would think that certainly appeals to to the people on the line right now. If you've ever written a blog post, and you know the common problem of having, you know, gosh, I've I've got so much knowledge, and I sit down at the blank page, and I just stare at it, or you know, you know, it brings to mind the people of, you know, at the typewriters, that type a few words and then pull it out and throw it in the trash with a big pile of, you know, paper balls next to their to their wastebasket. You know, it, it, it's so with these types of leads, they're, they're, they know that they they are looking for a particular result, but they don't know that your particular product provides it. So what you have to do is you have to target worries that people have that really keep them up at night. And those are the most powerful. It doesn't have to be as dramatic as that, um, but some of the most powerful stirring ones, you know, that we've already talked about, you know, really good at that. And those worries must carry a, a deep emotional weight to them, something that maybe, you know, affects their career. You know, like um, I was doing a promotion for a, a dentist 
recently. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, an orthodontist. And, you know, as I started delving deeper into this, the subject matter, I realized that, you know, if you look at the, the quality of a person's smile or their teeth, and you look at, um, and we started, you know, as I, as I went into certain parts of the promotion, I started getting in statistics on how people who are attractive or are considered to have an attractive smile, um, you know, statistically, you know, get better jobs, statistically are, are happier and, and, you know, are considered more friendly because they smile more, are, you know, have more friends, and all these kinds of statistics that, you know, they don't seem fair, they don't, they're not, really, just because you have a bad smile or a crooked teeth doesn't mean that you're a bad person. But the perception is such in, in our society that, you know, the better your smile is, the more attractive you are, it just leads to more success in your life. Well, if you can imagine the person who has that problem and has that smile, their teeth don't, they realize they don't look all that great, and, you know, maybe they have a bad overbite or, or something to that effect, you know, it really has a negative impact and really gets to the core of how they feel about themselves as a person. And it can have an actual effect so that we hone in on that with that promotion. Now, with with these types of promotions, you have to show that you identify with them and I feel your pain. So some of the best promotions like this, some of the best letters, you know, when you're starting out, and we've already hit the headlines. We've talked about, um, you know, do you make these mistakes in English? So the most successful promotions with that, like that don't start right in with the product. They're going to start most likely with the story of a person saying that tells how they were in that same position. Um, so we, all, all of us have seen these types of promotions where they, you know, they might go into an actual story where you know they went into a job interview, and you know when when the, the guy that was coming in and, and sat down and as soon as you smiled and shook his hand, you could see that look of deflation on his face when he realized that your teeth were, you know, all messed up and you didn't have a great smile and maybe it was a sales position where you were going to be selling BMWs and you knew in your, in your heart that you didn't get the job because of your teeth. And, if, and say if a person was telling that story in the beginning of that, of that lead, you're going to have that particular prospect sucked in because now you're saying, this guy has been there. He knows what I'm going through. So um, so you identify with that now. The thing is, too, you don't want to linger on that problem for too long before offering hope. You know, uh, you know I've seen promotions like this that kind of go awry where they, they kind of turn the knife a little too much like okay yeah 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 I okay I get it your teeth were jacked up you lost your job you lost your, your you know it's like a, a bad country song you know where the where your dog died and you know got hit by a car and you know that you, you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to stay there too long you want to offer them hope you know in the lead in the first few paragraphs to something to the effect of but because it's you know this simple solution I was able to and you offer that thing that they're looking for I was able to finally get past my fear of job interviews and you know now I have my dream job and I smile brightly you know every day as I greet customers as they come in the door you know and then now they're curious you've got them roped in and you must offer hope of a relevant solution of course at some point in the pitch so now these I went over the um, those are the top three. Now, I'm going to go into the fourth one now, 
um, which is a problem aware, that, they, that a person senses that they have a problem, but they don't know that there's a solution. Now, this is where they don't have any hope. And I used an example um, earlier in the call where I talked about people who are in debt. Um, and that can be one of the most, you know, stress-inducing, painful things that people go through. And some people live with it, you know, because, you, you know, you think about it in, in the case of a person who's in lots of credit card debt. You know, uh, they may be twelve, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 or more, or in the case of medical bills, sometimes sixty, seventy, a hundred thousand dollars in debt, and they keep faithfully somehow coming up with the money every month, and they sit there and they look at their situation and they think to themselves, I'm never going to get this paid off. And if you think about the emotional implications that that has, what that means is it's it's a form of prison. They are they're thinking to themselves, they're they're thinking in the future, their their minds go twenty, thirty years in the future if they can go that far, um, and, and they're thinking, I'm not going to be able to invest for my future. What's going to happen when I retire? I'm not going to be able to send my kids to, to, to school. I'm, you know, I'm never going to have a nice home. I'm never going to have a nice car. You know, and regardless of how they got there, if it was you know, by their own bad spending habits or just by a, a series of bad luck, lost their job or whatever, it doesn't matter. What they're thinking, you know, they're thinking about their future and it doesn't have a lot of hope. Well, your product or service might be able to provide them that hope. Um, and with this type of situation, one of the best ways to get through to these folks, especially, you know, I'm going to use this debt as a specific example. This is a, a client that I've been working with for quite a while, um, is in the debt settlement industry. Now, debt settlement, if you, in case you're unaware of that, is a form of, you know, where basically where, you're, where you're, uh, this company come in and they settle with your creditors for, you know, often I think it's 40 to 60% of what you actually owe, and then you pay it out of a period of anywhere from 12 to 36 months. Now, um, it, it can be very effective. There's obviously there's companies that are good at it, that do a good job. But this this industry, frankly, has had its, its share of um, – of uh, not so uh, above board operators, and you know, so it's had a uh, has a sort of a negative connotation online, so um, or a negative reputation online, I should say. And so, with that, you know, we needed to use what's what's called the secret lead. So a secret lead is basically to where you you have to get their attention to let them know that there's a secret to their a secret solution to their problem because you have to engage them. Because, again, realizing that these people don't really believe that there is a solution to their problem or they think they're already aware of what all the solutions are and for whatever reason, they've chosen not to pursue them. Like in the case with, with, um, and with people with lots of credit card debt in this type of hopeless situation, they think their, their solutions are bankruptcy, which has, you know, obviously as soon as I say the word bankruptcy, it, it, it injects all sorts of negative emotions in people. And, and you know, it's even the people that are in, in mounds of credit card debt, they, you know, because people feel like, well, that's, that's extreme. And what's, what's going to happen to my credit rating? And, you know, they think, especially if they don't understand bankruptcy, they think, well, they're going to come and they're going to take one of, one of my small children or they're going to take one of, uh, one of my least used appendages on my body. You know, they, they have this negative op- uh, opinion of what it is. 
so it scares them. And then there's there's credit counseling, which they think, you know, maybe, well, you know, yeah, but what is that? Credit counseling, is that just somebody who talks to me and, and gives me a pep talk? And, you know, so they, there's a lot, there's just not a lot of hope there with the solutions that are out there. Well, so with that settlement, which is a, a lesser known type of solution for this particular problem, but does have some negative uh, feedback online, we needed to use what we call the secret lead. And so what we did is rather than talk about, well, that settlement does that, you know, using a lead, we, we um, um, actually changed the name in the promotion. We actually call it, and I'm not, gonna, I'm, I'm not at liberty to say the name of the company, so I'm just going to say we basically changed the name Rather than calling it debt settlement, we called it the XYZ method. Well, the XYZ method was basically the initials of the company name. So say, for instance, if the, if the initials of the company was really XYZ, which it's not, um, and, and it's absolutely the truth because it, that settlement is the method that this, this particular company uses. But what we were able to do is by giving it a name, the method that they use, and describing the benefits of it and, you know, all the objections and dealing with it, but dealing with it by, by describing to them um, this methodology that gets them out of debt in 36 months or less, you know, without bankruptcy or credit counseling, you know, it intrigued them enough to be able to open their mind because that's all we want them to do at this stage in the game. You know, these people just they're, they're, they don't think there's a lot of hope they're kind of close to it. We have to at least get them to say, open their mind that there is another way to get out of debt, get them completely out of debt in 36 months or less. Um, you know, so, but in order to do that, we basically used a secret um, in the lead. You know, so for secret lead to, to work, here, here I'll give you an example. Um, that if, you, know, you see, this is actually used a lot in the um, investment industry. Um, here's, a, here's an example of, of an investment headline. The only investment legally obligated to pay you 81% gains by June 15, 2014. Now, and with that particular type of headline, you know, that's pretty shocking. It's sort of, you know, but the word I love that makes me intrigued to read it is the word obligated. The only investment legally obligated to pay you 81%. And I'm thinking, what could that possibly be? Now, I don't know what that investment is. Um, maybe it's, I'm just going to say, um, you know, an annuity or something to that effect. If that same headline said, you know, such and such annuity legally obligated to pay you 81% gains, now, if I already had a negative connotation in my mind that annuities don't work, I wouldn't read the rest of the headline. I wouldn't read the rest of the lead because I already have it. I'm already fixated that all oh, annuities, I've, I've been there, done that, doesn't work, or, you know, that type of thing. So the, the key to you have to draw them in with a secret. Now, you don't want to be deceptive. And here's another example of um, this is a simple how-to headline in a completely different niche in gardening. How to turn a few square feet of soil into your most bountiful garden ever. Well, this is for a, a product or a methodology called square foot gardening. But if I mention the word square foot gardening in the lead, you know, again, people, you know, they have this immediate connotation that, oh, that doesn't really work for me. 
but at the end, that's not the essence of what you're trying to persuade them with. You're trying to show them this is how to turn just a few first, few square feet of soil into your most bountiful garden ever. And that was actually on the outside of the envelope for a very successful promotion. It's so, so interesting because as you're sharing these examples, I can feel my own reactions, as I'm sure can everybody else who's listening. I can feel my reaction to, as you were saying, without putting the label on it of square foot garden, I stay in a state of curiosity. If I've been doing lots of research and I've come across the phrase square foot gardening and I'm kind of already open to different ideas and options, I don't shut off hearing next information, but that means I'm at a different level of awareness than this problem level one. So it's so fascinating as you're giving each of these examples. I'm playing them out in my mind with my own topic areas, with the the issues that I work with my clients and my students on. So I love these examples that you're giving. Well, thank you. Um, the, um, now the, the key with the secret lead is it must be intriguing and beneficial. And it has to get their attention, but it, you know, I, you know, with most headlines, it has to be, you know, there has to be that key benefit has to be in there. Um, now, and, and during the lead, you don't want to disclose what the secret is. Now, when I say during the lead, meaning the lead is usually the first, four, you know, the first few paragraphs, maybe it's the first page, page and a half. You have to draw them in. You know, the thing that, that talks about the promise, the, the discovery of it, maybe how it was, you know that type of thing to make them curious enough to go, okay, what is this? And so now, because you, you know, they've gotten that far, they're probably going to read the rest of it. They're going to watch the rest of the video. They're going to be intrigued enough to see what the, what the story is. Um, now, and as the letter progresses, you give more clues. You know, one of the, one of the ways that we, we did this, for, we had a, a very unique um, nutritional supplement that I was writing copy for that had, um, it had a really unique benefit. It actually kept cholesterol from sticking to the inside of your arteries. Um, and that alone was a benefit of this period because no other product does that. But one of the key things on, on the leaves, we had to figure out um, there's a key benefit because this particular nutritional supplement, it has a lot of um, antioxidants and that type of thing, but, you know, antioxidants are sort of played out. You know, it's, not, it's, not new, it's not news. Um, but that was some of the key ingredients. So what I focused on was a key ingredient that was unusual. It was really the crux of made made the product do what it did. And it was a, a seaweed that was off of a certain coast of Japan. It could only be harvested at certain times of the year. And it just, you know, it was on these certain rocks. And, they, you know, you sort of had this thing going in your mind of these guys going out and scuba outfits and scraping, you know, I'm sure that's not what they did. But, you know, of, of you know, then how did they discover this? And so the, the lead was scientists discover amazing seaweed that keeps cholesterol from sticking to your arteries. Now, this particular thing was going out to uh, people that it was it's supplement buyers, people that are still fairly savvy. Um, you know, they're interested in supplements, um, but they're intrigued. Okay, oh, there's a new one. You know, people that are supplement buyers are, are usually pretty tuned in to the latest and greatest and newest stuff. And so I honed in on that one ingredient. Of course, I didn't tell them what it was. You know, I just told them what the benefit was, and I wanted. And then it, we, we, with the lead, we went ahead and told the story of how they discovered this, and you know how it. You know, people have known for years that the the, the secret. You know, people with 
greatest longevity on earth the Japanese why do they live to be past 100 and you know that and they think it's this, this seaweed that they just happen to be um, benefiting from okay so that is um, the number that's the fourth lead and as you can see too this this is going to be a huge market um, you know these these are some of the tougher leads to crack but once you do you've naturally in essence you have tapped into a huge market for your product um, you know if when you can crack this code now the, the biggest markets out there of course are people that are in the, in the last category they're completely unaware their their prospect to have they have no knowledge of anything except for their own identity or their own opinion now why would you want to go after this because the market is huge now I will say and this should get your attention is that if, when you can crack this nut you have basically you're in the territory of the best selling uh, or, yeah the best selling sales letters of all time. And I talked about this in the first call, which is the Wall Street Journal ad. A lot of people have seen it. It's this, the tale of two men. Uh, this that is the most successful sales letter of all time. It's generated I don't know it's just like billions in sales or something. And what it's if you haven't I'd encourage you to look it up. You could probably just put the tale of two men Wall Street Journal on Google and you could probably pull it up. Um, and it's it's but it's mailed millions and millions of times, and you know gotten all these subscriptions. And it, it, the only commonality with the li with the list is people that probably have over a certain amount of you know I don't I don't know that I'm not privy to what the Wall Street Journal mails to, but I'm sure it's people that meet a certain financial criteria. You know they make over a certain amount of money, and that's just about it. Well, that's a lot a lot of people. So the most effective way to to get that audience is what's called the story lead. And, you know, the tale of two men, of course, is a classic story of, of you know, how one man, uh, you know, they both went to the same school, both, both got good grades, um, you know, but yet one of them ended up being the CEO of the company and one ended up being upper management. And, you know, what's the difference? Well, the difference, of course, is the guy that's the CEO of the Wall Street Journal. But it hooks you in from the very beginning of the core human emotion that we all feel of, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, and then what what does that guy have that I don't? You know, why I work just as hard, if not harder, than that guy does. How come he's doing better than me? What's his secret, if you will? Now, the story lead again are used a lot in financial. But the second most most successful financial ad of all time, they're saying, it actually has, has occurred in the last year. It's called the End of America. Now, this is a, certainly a negative slant. Um, but with all the doomsday prophecy that stuff that's been going on in the last, you know, since the last elections and, you know, all that, the Tea Party movement and all that kind of stuff and the survival movement, it's, it's become huge. Certainly since the recession, um, you know, it creates a huge market. Well, there was a, an, a, an ad called The End of America. Um, it's a very long sales letter. You can look it up. Um, and there's a video out there, which is essentially the, the guy that wrote it reading it. Um, and, but it, um, but the the headline there actually well the headline's not a good example it just kind of basically warns people that it could be offensive type of thing but but the key is is that it was going out I know that that particular email that went out to sell the the end of America uh, went out to um, you know just general lists of people that had you know huge email lists like Newsmax um, of even nutritional supplement buyers because it got to a core base emotion of people of the fear of the end of America with the recession, 
you know, obviously it's something that concerns all of us, and it really played on those fears, which it just sold a, a financial newsletter. But now I used the same technique recently with a, a guy that, that sells IRS protection services uh, to small businesses. Small businesses, obviously, a huge market, but I used this lead in the same way, um, a, a story lead called, and I, the headlines read, the IRS crackdown on misclassified workers will wipe out tens of thousands of Colorado businesses by December 31st, 2013. Now, what I did there is I'm getting to that base core emotion. Now, these are still people that, you know, it's, small businesses are a huge market, but I, we're probably going to run out of time here. Yeah, we've <laughs> got 60 seconds, Barry. Okay. Well, uh, I hope you guys, I, I talked a mile a minute. Um, and if you want to contact me, my number or my website is onestopdirectmarketing.com. Um, sorry I didn't give you more time, guys. <laughs> comments here at the end. <laughs> we may have to make oh, this. Oh, Barry, this is fantastic. awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I, I love sharing this stuff. Wow. I, yeah. And we will be back next week, same time, same place, for another episode of Leverage Masters. Have a fabulous week, everybody. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.